Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe-related topics. I'm Frank. I'm Jeff. And our guest today is Chris Colonna, who is the uh, team lead for firmware de- development on Bytecom. So uh, I- I'd like to start with understanding what the heck is FICON and why should I care? That's a good question. Uh, so yeah, FICON is the the way that the mainframe gets out to external storage. Right? It's a it's a method by which you know a lot of people listening to this probably know, but I mean the the mainframe doesn't have any internal storage. Um, so there's there's no way to if you you know, have your, your data out somewhere, um, on a, uh, on a storage device that's, that's in your network, in your data center. Um, the way to get to that storage device is through a FICON channel. Um, and so FICON, it's a, it's fiber connectivity is what FICON is short for. And, um, it's a fiber optic connected network, uh, networking card that will, uh, go out and access the data that's in storage devices that that live in the data center. I've I've read in some ancient tomes of something called SCON. Yes, um, is is what happens over FICON logically the same? Yeah, so FICON is the the next generation of SCON. Um, so I mean, there was a you know back in and this is before my time, but I mean back in SCON, um, you know, you could only really do one thing at a time you could only really have one io um processing at a time one one data access um with ficon it's much more um you can have much more interleaving in terms of uh the data accesses that you do um so you could have you know multiple io operations outstanding at the same time and the and the ficon channel will will handle that will handle all of those at the same time and and is ficon only used for storage or are there other uses uh no so it's really only used for storage it's really only used on z i mean it's a z specific um z specific protocol gotcha so the the storage that i connect to from ficon it has to be dedicated to mainframe activity um so it has to be able to talk ficon uh that's for sure um, but in addition to that, it needs to be, uh, so in other words, let me put it this way. You can have a control unit that uh, talks both FICON and, um, a more open standard FCP. Um, but the individual port on the control unit has to be dedicated to one or the other. Uh, and so, you know, on our, on our larger scale, um, you know, enterprise enterprise class um, uh, storage ca- uh, control units. There are, you know, there can be a mix of, of FICON and FCP, but the the control unit does need to be um, capable of of doing uh, of talking FICON. So th- this uh, the communication, this FICON communication, is it also proprietary? Is it like it's not like TCP/IP or something that? that anybody could easily pick up, right? 
That's right. So it's it. I won't say I won't say it's proprietary as far as it's uh, it's unique. So you know, clearly it was something that was developed by IBM. Uh, you know, by people, folks that work on my team or, or that used to work on my team, uh, as well as, as other folks in, um, in, on the, uh, the control unit side of, of IBM. Um, but it's now been standardized. Uh, and so, so long as, as that, you know, standard is followed. And I think there probably are some licensing fees associated with, with using that standard based on the fact that it was, um, uh, uh, you know, patented, a lot of this stuff was patented, um, that yes, it, it's available for use by, you know, by other, other vendors. So IBM isn't the only one that sells FICON controllers and FICON devices. Correct. Yeah. So the, the other vendors in the space, um, are, uh, Dell EMC and Hitachi, and there may be some other, you know, smaller names, um, but those are the those are the main players. So when I when I think of a controller, and I, I, you have to forgive me, Chris, I'm, I'm an old man, right? So <laughs> I think of these these kind of massive devices that that had these huge honking channel <laughs> cables connected to them. Um, but that's not how this works, right? Right. I mean, you're probably going back to the days of like bus and tag sort of stuff, right? I mean, so, you know, the old connectivity, um, yes, was these, you know, huge cables. And I've, I've seen, I've seen pictures of them. I've seen examples of them, but like I said, I, I, this is most of that is before my time. Um, but the connectivity here is fiber optic cable, right? So it's a, it's a, you know, just a, um, a network, a networking cable, uh, that goes through, um, you know, a, a fiber optic cable that goes through, uh, either directly connected or, um, or point to point as we refer to that as, um, or it can go through uh, a fiber optic switch. Um, and that fiber optic switch obviously allows for, you know, fan in and fan out from the same, the same port to multiple, uh, other control units. So, you know, in a point-to-point -point configuration, the channel can only talk to what's on the other end, right? The, the storage controller that's on the other end. In a switched configuration, the channel can talk to, you know, multiple other control units just, and the, the addressing for that just follows the fiber channel um, addressing rules. Um, fiber channel being so, the standard for um, the, that FICON is built on top of. Right. So, so is there a recommendation as to which is better or are there situations where I'd pick one over the other? How, how um, do I decide whether to direct connect? It's really, it's really, uh, up to an individual customer's configuration. I mean, there's, there's plenty of reasons why point to point makes more sense for certain customers. The, you know, if you want to have a, a, um, you know, dedicated, um, in other words, if you want to, if you want to eliminate certain points of failure and you have a relatively simple, uh, configuration, then point to point is, um, is a, is a, a perfectly acceptable solution. Um, however, when it comes to things like, um, you know, larger configurations or, or, 
times where you have, you know, data replication and, and the same channel could be used in a disaster scenario for not only talking to uh, a primary storage backup, but also the secondary, um, you know, those, those types of things are um, what you would use or what the, 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 um, the types of, of questions you would need to ask uh, before you determine whether or not you want a, you know, a point-to-point -point or a switched connection. The, the operations and commands that they're going out over, um, well, literally the wire, uh, how much does the requester know about the, like the destination hardware that it's talking to? Um, so there is a, um, you know, we, from a, from a FICON channel point of view, uh, we know that we're talking to something on the other end of the link. We know the, you know, there's, there are similar to Mac addresses and in, in the, um, in the ethernet, uh, arena, there's, um, there's a worldwide name uh, in in the fiber channel arena, so we know the the worldwide name of who we're talking to, um, but it's usually left up to the software that's running above the firmware uh, to kind of determine who's on the other side. So as far as I'm concerned, I know the fiber channel link address of who I'm talking to, and I know that um, there's a um, you know, there's a channel program that was sent down to to me to at the chan, at the FICON channel to execute. Um, so to answer your question, I guess there's really if you if you if you really want to dig into it, there's you know you can know a lot about the individual uh, control units that you're talking to, but in a on a regular um, I/O, the answer is we really don't care um in, in most cases we're just we know we're configured to this control unit and we know that this is the channel program that we've been given to execute you're, you're um, just setting up the pipe and and whether they put water or hawaiian punch through there it's that's up to them yes yeah that's a that's a good way of putting it yes <laughs> so um and so this is all kind of uh preamble we get an idea of what this uh ficon thing is but you know it seems to me that if all you are is a pipe and, you know, as long as it's a good piece of PVC, you know, uh, there, there can't be too much new stuff to talk about. Right. I mean, you just, <laughs> it's just the pipe is there. Yeah. Yeah. That's light, right. light exists. I mean, that's yeah, right. Done. Um, so, so, you know, <laughs> Thank how you for do having you me. justify your job if, if this stuff is all done already, you just, what do you put like new flux on the pipe or something? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, when I try to talk to people that are not familiar with this, I mean, usually the, the, um, usually what I say is, you know, Hey, our job at the end of the day is get, to get data from here to there. And that's kind of the end of it. Right. It's very simple in terms of getting, you know, if, if software running, you know, ZOS or, or what, any other software running up above the channel wants to do a data access to you know read a 4k page so that it can do whatever it needs to do with the data at that 4k page it's the ficon channel's job to just you know go out and get that 4k page and and present it to software right um and 
you know, obviously the opposite is true for when we're, you know, writing data, but the, it is, it can be as simple as that. However, there's a lot more, um, you know, obviously with Z and, and, you know, listeners to this podcast know that, uh, there are a lot of resilience. There's a lot of resiliency that's built into the platform. Mm -hmm. So being able to, you know, do an IO operation, being able to stop that IO operation when, you know, either an error occurs or, um, software decides that they no longer want, um, that data, uh, being able to validate that the data that we are receiving from the other side is, uh, is good is, you know, doing, uh, we have cyclical redundancy checks or CRC, uh, that we, that we do on that data to make sure that what was sent matches what is received. Um, and there's all sorts of other, you know, recovery type windows to make sure that, you know, say that pipe, say, you know, to kind of continue with the analogy, right. Say the pipe springs a leak, um, or, you know, gets completely disconnected. Uh, there's a, a lot of, a lot of recovery that needs to happen in, in that, um, in those types of situations. So the channel, the FICON channel firmware does accommodate those, um, and accomplish those, um, that recovery as well. And, and I would assume that these days, uh, security is pretty important on these pipes as well, right? Yes. Um, so performance is, is important. Security is important. Resiliency is important. Um, so I, I think, you know, you, you mentioned, you mentioned security, right? I think one of the big things that we just recently, uh, released back in, in February, uh, was, um, fiber channel endpoint security, right? So that is something that is a, a new feature on Z15. It's also a new feature on the, the DS 89,000, Um, it's a, um, it's a way to secure um, secure the data that does get sent over those fiber optic links, right? Over the FICON channel. The, you know, again, going back to the analogy, right? If you got a clear pipe and you can see everything that goes through it. Um, so if you're sending, you know, sensitive in customer information, I mean, you know, we, we deal with a lot of financial, um, financial firms and, and, uh, customers that are, um, you know, very sensitive about the data that they're sending, uh, or, or, you know, operating on, um, you know, I, I sure don't want my, you know, bank account information being looked at by anybody else other than, you know, me and the bank. So if, if we're sending data that includes, you know, banking information or other sensitive information over these fiber optic links, we want to make sure that that data is, you know, secure. And there's a couple of different things that this endpoint security, um, feature, uh, offers, right. First of which is, um, authentication, right? So prior to, um, fiber channel endpoint security, um, you know, if we talked to, if, if a FICON channel, um, was told to go talk to, um, you know, something on the other end of the link, uh, whether it's point to point, like we talked about before, or a switched link, um, you know, we would, 
go off and talk to that, uh, that port on the other end of the link. And um, <clears throat> similarly on the control unit side, if some, you know, host or some channel, um, you know, had access to talk to them, um, they were really just allowing that access. Uh, and I think as far as authentication is concerned, that's what this, this um, part of this feature does, right? It will um, involve, you know, uh, exchanging certificates and, and making sure that the other side is who they say they are and that they're an authenticated entity uh, prior to um, any, you know, further communication uh, happening between those two, between the FICON channel and the control unit port. So that's the... That's the authentication piece of it. Normally when you do like authentication and certificates and all that kind of stuff, there's like a computer and a keyboard and a, you know, a, a fingerprint scanner or something like that. How, how does that work when it's devices? Um, good question. So there's a, there's, there needs to be um, the way that fiber, the fiber channel endpoint security works is there needs to be um sort of a third party key server uh, that both the entities talk to, right? So that the Z, the Z talks to it and the, uh, the, the control unit on the other side, which currently the only thing that supports this is, is the DS8900. So if the DS8900 is on the other side, they also need to, to talk to um, this key server. Oh, I would have assumed you would have like unplugged one end of the fiber and used it like a barcode scanner or something. <laughs> Patent pending. That might be a good way to do it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we need to sort of out of band, um, you know, not over the fiber optic link, actually, between it, this is done over the over the Ethernet uh, links. Um, authenticate between um, the two sides uh, to this key server and the, the key server, you know, you have to load, um, you know, certificate information and make sure that everybody is um, who they say they are. Right. Um, to be able to, to, um, to do that. Um, so that is a, um, that's the authentication piece, right? Um, I think when it comes to um, the uh, encryption piece, uh, which is the second part of this, um, you can only have, uh, we can only do encryption uh, if the channel uh, engine and the, and the uh, control unit or the channel adapter and the control unit adapters have encryption capability, which is only available on you know the latest um, Z15 channel adapters, the FICON Express 16SA, mm -hmm. um, and it's only available on the latest um, uh, adapters on the on the the, um, the DS8K side. And I'm not, I don't remember the, uh, I'm not a DS8K expert, so I, I can't remember the name of the uh, the uh, adapter over there. But it's the latest one, the the <laughs> and it's 32 gig capable, um, 32 gigabit speed capable. Those adapters, uh, you know, when we go through authentication, um, the process to go through authentication and the process to go through encryption is very similar. It's just when we're going through the authentication process, the, uh, the channels and the control units 
exchange information and basically authenticate with each other, right? Uh, and then they also uh, exchange uh, capabilities. And on an earlier channel uh, that doesn't have the encryption capability, they would say, I, I support authentication. Uh, on a, um, a later channel, obviously, they would say, I support authentication and encryption. And the same would happen on the other side. So um, once the channel and the control unit sort of agree that both sides support encryption, they can then negotiate key information uh, to, um, you know, to protect the data that's going across this, uh, you know, these pipes, right? The, the, the fiber optic links. And, you know, the, all of this negotiation of, of keys and everything obviously has to be done in a, in a secure manner also, right? Because if, if you say, okay, well, I support encryption and here's my key and that key goes out in, in the clear, right? That's not very secure. Um, right. So that's the um, part of the authentication process is, is sharing um, or obtaining from this external key server um, some shared key information that allows the channels to encrypt even all of the messages that get sent out prior to, um, you know, agreeing to um, the encryption and uh, the use of encryption and, and the keys that are going to be used for those, um, for encrypting that data. So does this use the traditional PKI kind of infrastructure or is it, completely separate? Um, so uh, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure what the PKI infrastructure is. So I, um, I don't know. Okay. It, it does uh, a lot of what you're talking about. It's, it's how we do the um, SSL and everything. Okay. So that. yeah, in that case, yes. I mean, it's very, it's very similar. Um, you know, this is another thing that, you know, is, is, patent pending, so I can't talk too much about it, but um, the way that we agree to um, the uh, encryption is based on a fiber channel standard, uh, FCSP, or security protocol, um, and that fiber channel standard is heavily based on the ethernet security standard. It's really kind of just a port of that ethernet standard over to, um, over to fiber channel. So, yeah. So to answer your question, yes, it's very similar to, um, very similar to that. Can you, can you help me out with, um, some, some disc storage terminology and sure. this might be outside of your area, but, um, I remember when I, when I first started working on, on Z systems, uh, there was like a, a heavy accent on, um, what cylinder you were on because you wanted to be like closer to the, the, the outside, I think, cause you got more data that way. Kind of like how the, the, you know, outer ridges of the record have better quality. Um, is the fact that the, the disc is being logically represented as, um, as like a, you know, a DASD device and, and not, you know, solid state storage or whatever it might actually be on. Um, is that getting increasingly difficult to kind of juggle those those worlds of like something that is being expressed as a DASD but is actually whatever um so yeah i mean this is a a, a little bit outside my my um area of expertise but um what i can tell you is you know one of the things that 
we didn't talk about before, but I can bring up now is um, kind of the difference between, you know, legacy FICON, as I'll call it, versus um, ZHPF or high performance FICON. Um, and that's, you know, going back to one of the performance metrics that I was talking about before, right? Obviously, we want to make sure that um, we were performing as, as best we can um, on a FICON link. So going back to, to original FICON, which like we talked about before, is based on SCON, um, there, there were, you know, individual CCWs, which is channel command word, um, which is a, an individual um, command that the channel needs to do, uh, that the channel needs to perform when talking to um, the control unit. And going back to, you know, uh, years and years ago, um, when the control units were not quite, or didn't have quite the intelligence built into them or the sophistication built into them that they do now, there, you know, there were individual uh, commands that were things like, um, you know, seek an individual, you know, track or, or look for, um, you know, this cylinder on the disc, you know, I, I'm probably not speaking, um, in the, the, Oh, so, exact so we're actually like driving the, the red, the read head. Yeah. So the, it was, you know, very, very basic commands, like, you know, um, you know, going back to a tape uh, as an example too, like there was a rewind command, right? Um, oh. <laughs> things like that, where it was very, very low level. Um, going forward, the channels can still do all of those, um, you know, can still perform all of those operations. But depending on what you're talking to, it's not really, you know, necessary, I'll say. Uh, to do a lot of the low-level stuff, um, a lot of the newer and, and you know more sophisticated control units, you know, you really just do. Uh, um, I think the 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 uh, you know instead of doing a you know a seek command or a or a you know search on an individual record, you basically just send another command that will uh, kind of under the covers do all of that. Um, and so going back to what I was saying about performance, you know, FICON, there was a lot of, you know, back and forth, right, when it came to these channel commands, um, the channel command words that we would send out. There would be, you know, lots of, we're doing, you know, this command, now we're going to do that command. And, and from a channel point of view, they're really, you know, they're really reads and writes um, from from the channel firmware perspective, but they could be, you know, a write of, um, you know, a record ID, and then we're doing a search on that record ID and, and things like that. Um, regardless of that, there's a lot of, um, you know, back and forth. Like I said, there was there was many many channel commands that will um, that will talk about. Um, or that were required to be able to do the operation. And that's what, that's what led to some of the, um, the developments that we did probably 10 or 15 years ago now uh, for HPF or high performance FICON. So high performance FICON is, 
is, you know, much, much faster. And when I say much, much faster, right, in its initial uh, release, we could do on an individual channel roughly 20 to 25,000 uh, IOs per second, 4K read IOs per second. Mm-hmm. Um, on the initial release of, of HPF, uh, I believe the number was was close to double that. But since then, we're up to like 300,000 um, plus uh, IOs per second running HPF, where we're still at roughly 20 to 25,000 starts per second on FICON. Um, wow. And the, the way that we were able to do this is we... Uh, kind of took away a lot of the, you know, the back and forth, right. Um, that I talked about before with sending out all these individual commands. Um, there's, instead of sending out individual commands, we basically send out at the very beginning, a block of commands to the control unit and the control unit will take those commands and start to execute, um, you know, start to execute them kind of one by one. And, basically concatenate all the data for all those commands back into a single block of data that the channel will then, you know, store in the appropriate place. So say as an example, right, say we're doing a read of four 4K pages. So in a FICON, in a FICON um, channel program, that would result in at a minimum, and I think I'm oversimplifying a little bit, but basically four uh, CCWs that will send out um, that channel command to the control unit. So four individual, you know, packets or, or frames um, or sequences, I guess, to use the, the proper uh, fiber channel term. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will result in, you know, f- individually 4k of data coming back from the control unit but in you know individual 4k um, bursts uh, for that you know the entire 16k Um, on a ficon on a sorry on an hpf uh, channel program the the result is um, you know we send out one burst of four uh, DCWs, which is device control words instead, or device command words instead of channel command words, um, which is the name for it in, uh, in HPF. Um, and then the, the, the control unit will execute those and send back one burst of 16K of data rather than four individual bursts of 4K of data. And so that's kind of what, you know, how we were able to speed things up a little bit. So you've you've eliminated some of the chattiness of of the, the discussion between between the controller, right? Right. So yeah, there's a um, you know there's there's much less back and forth, and you know when it you know when you're you can argue that that back and forth you know doesn't really add all that much if you're um, you know at, at local data center um, distances, but um, you know, when, when you're talking about, uh, you know, FICON unrepeated, a FICON channel can go up to 10 kilometers. Um, uh, you know, to, there can be 10 kilometers between the channel and the control unit. 
And, you know, you can't speed up the speed of light, at least not yet. Um, so there's, um, you know, the, that traversing 10 kilometers, even at the speed of light does take up time, right? And it's a round trip. So it's really 10 kilometers there, 10 kilometers back. Um, and, you know, there are cases with, um, you know, repeating and things like that in between. And, you know, we talked about some of the, the, you know, data replication scenarios where there could be data centers that are, you know, further apart that are, you know, using, um, some repeater technology to, to try to, um, get the data over, you know, even further. So that, that even, um, that makes this, this whole chattiness even worse. Right. Right. Is there any benefit to be gained from from trunking, or is it strictly a uh, um, like a, a, a speed of light type of um, limitation? So trunking, in terms of you're saying like sending uh, multiple, um, take the four CCW uh, example, uh-huh. uh, sending one CCW on one link and another CCW on another link, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there, there could be, although, you know, when we're talking about these CCW programs, I mean, they're a single IO operation and they get driven down a single channel. Um, and that channel only has access to the one, um, the one, you know, fiber optic cable that it's connected to. Um, so there could be, you know, if you, if you did something fancy in, in software, um, where, you know, you, you sent, um, one channel down, um, or you sent one of the CCWs down one of the channels and another one down another where, you know, you could probably play some games that way, but that's not, that's not typically done. Gotcha. So we, we've talked a lot about, um, performance and security. I'm assuming those are the two big things that that's been driving you probably for the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the security stuff is, um, you know, fiber channel endpoint security is something that we've been working on, you know, yeah, for the last three to four years, um, to, you know, develop and test and make sure that it's, it's robust. Um, and, you know, like I said, back in February, that's, that's when we first, um, released it. Um, performance, you know, we're always, we're always working on performance and in some aspect, right. You you know, we we come back and, and look at code that we wrote three years ago and say, Oh, wait a minute, you know, we can, we can do this better. We can improve, um, the way that we're doing this and make things perform better. Um, but to your point, there are, you know, there's always, um, a new or a next generation, um, you know, channel hardware, channel card hardware that's, that's coming down the line. Um, you know, we, we just released, um, with Z15, uh, we just released the, the Ficon Express 16 SA card, right. And that was the, the one that is the next generation and supports, uh, encryption. So that wasn't really a performance boost, but that was a next generation card. Um, you know, 
we're uh, we're always, as I said, we're always working on the next generation of things. And unfortunately, I can't talk too much about the next generation of things because it's not available yet. Yeah, that, there's always that, that generations was... and speeds and feeds improvements. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, and that's kind of where I was leading to, right? Is uh, you know, um, without giving it away any secrets, right? What, oh, what's psychic aura. Focus... <laughs> what? Yeah. What's What's the uh, future? What are where where do you want to go from here? Now, shinier pipes. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, one of the things is always you know speeds and feeds, right? So, um, when we're talking about gigabit, or sorry, when we're talking about fiber channel, um, there's always um, you know, a, a next generation of of speed uh, that we can talk about, and, and it's it's gigabit. Um, measured in gigabits per second, right? Um, so the current generation of um, of FICON channel on a Z15 uh, supports a 16 gigabit per second link. Um, as I may have mentioned, I don't remember the the um, the control unit side of things. Their adapter that supports the uh, that supports encryption. Their adapter is a 32 gigabit um, link, right? So they they can support a, a faster speed uh, than the channel side can. And so clearly we have to make sure that we keep up, right? So so you could probably infer that that's where we're going next. Um, uh, there there are talks about. Um, you know, the, in in the standards community, T11 is the standards body um, that deals with fiber channel. And in the standards body, there's always, um, you know, the discussions going on about the next generation, right? And they're currently talking about 64 gigabit, uh, although I think they that may have closed. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, it, it tends to go in powers of two, right? So 64 gigabit and then 128 gigabit will be the next um after that um when it comes to um you know what else is is happening um you know there's there's always improvements that we can do on existing products um so having just released um fiber channel endpoint security there's many uh, there are many improvements that we could do to to improve you know usability or um, uptake of of uh, fiber channel endpoint security in the uh, in the field. Uh, so that that's where most of our focus is. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, I'm just looking here. Uh, we've gone uh, beyond actually the bottom of the hour. Um, so I want to take this opportunity to thank you, Chris, for for uh, explaining to us not just Flycon, but you know what the modern stuff is for it and um we want to thank you for your time absolutely it was a pleasure thanks guys oh man charlie run us out you've been listening to terminal talk with frank and jeff for questions or comments or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net that's contact at terminaltalk.net until the next time i'm charlie lawrence signing off